It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic, Season 3, Episode 3. Um, uh, I'm hosting today, so bear with me on, on my class. This is the first time I've uh, had to direct traffic. Um, VA, of course, is uh, currently on her uh, Western Bruins road trip, uh, where she attended uh, the uh, Bruins at the Colorado Avalanche this past Wednesday. And uh, later today, that is, of course, um, uh, Sunday, October 15th, we'll be attending the Bruins at Vegas. I'm uh, here today with, uh, of course, Tim and Nick. Hello. Hi. Out of order. And <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's barely on topic. I uh, guess uh, Bruins had a bit of a volatile week. Uh, the home and home against the Avalanche decided went poorly. Home and home, more like boned and boned. And not the good kind. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I rather not relive those games, um, especially that first one. Unfortunately, I remember the first one extremely well because it was only it was on a mid mid afternoon, and I was very much awake for it. The Bruins were very bad. Which is interesting, considering in general how good they looked in their opener against the um, uh, against the Preds. You know, very dynamic play. It was definitely um, one of those things where you kind of um, it was like two different teams. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. It was two different teams. And, and the only roster difference was they lost um, Achari. Well, apparently Achari is <laughs> better than we thought. Well, I mean, we, we, we're, we're fans of Achari here, right? We like that, yes. we like that, that Nash Schaller Achari fourth line because it's a fourth line that can actually devour some horrible, nasty minutes and free up other teams to do, you know, things like score goals. Um, it just feels like it shouldn't have been that bad, right? But here we are. But also, I guess, you know, there's ripple effects. Uh, Nash being moved off that fourth line into the, whatever the fuck that all was. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know the Bruins. Like, what is the the what? What are the Bruins lines? No one knows. Uh, I mean, I guess missing Bergeron and uh, Bacchus will kind of put your team in a little bit of a of a blender. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, like the only thing that's like you know I mean they started off just you know putting Spooner with with Bergeron's spot, but that didn't last because they realized they needed to brace Spooner by putting another another strong winger with him, right? Because <laughs> we didn't even get to the Preds game with with um, uh, with Bjork still on that line until they reversed Bjork and Pasta, which at the time paid dividends on the Krejci line, which has been which was bad those two Colorado games. Not only that though, like. Nash playing a significant amount of time as your first line center isn't good. Yeah, um, that's weird. Um, and like they put him on the first power play unit. Apparently, the reasoning for that's because he's a right shot, so they put him in Bergeron's uh, bumper slot, uh, bumper space. Because Bruins aren't exactly riddled with right shot non right wingers. Right. 
um, you know, Krejci and Spooner are both left shot or both left shot left shot centermen. Yeah, that's what that's actually probably the secret to Bergeron's success is that yes, he actually is a right-handed right shot center, um, which is like so nice for the Bruins makeup right now. Well, last year, so, uh, generally speaking, a lot of coaches like to have their center group balanced in terms of which side they shoot yeah. on. And when everyone's healthy, the Bruins have that down the middle. Bergeron shooting right, Krejci and Spooner left, and then Nash right. <laughs> but when you're suddenly trying to scramble and figure out who to play at which center position, right? I mean, uh, like yesterday, I'm looking at the roster. Uh, we had Zarnik and Heinen in the in the, in, in, in the in the on the roster. Um, and Spooner, I have no idea who played even what positions. Granted, I didn't see the game last night, but. Maybe you can elucidate, uh, Nick. <laughs> they uh, let's just, let's just they played the cycle game a lot, which is cool. So it was a uh, very European. Everyone just took turns. I have to assume Heinen only played wing. He was a centerman when he played in like the in the BCJ in in, in the BCHL, but uh, <laughs> that's that, that, that's junior A. So uh, he's a winger. That's cool. Zarnik, did he play? In, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Zarnik and Spooner were, were one of them must have been fourth line center, or was or was Corrali playing that? Uh. Um, I thought yeah, Spooner was definitely playing center. Okay. So, but it was to be honest with you, it was like I was watching the game and just uh, just praying for Pasternak to just be on the ice at all times, and it almost worked out. I mean, he did get two points last night. He was yeah. not the only player to get two points, of course. Um, Heinen and DeBrusque and Brad all got two points as well. But forty-year-old uh, Zdeno Chara had a three-point night. Actually, I will compliment the Bruins last night. Their blue liners, with the exception of McQuaid, um, all of them played fantastic. That's good. And you know what? I'm interesting. I, th I thought I'd heard something earlier in the week that Kevin Miller had gotten banged up and might have been a problem, but I still managed to play him, so that's good. Hmm. No, the... the um, I mean, I think McQuaid has just gone full punchy face on this team, which I mean, is kind of a shame. He did get an assist anyway last night, though, but then again, really, not a lot of players didn't. Yes. Interestingly enough, Krug was one of the ones that didn't, but anyway... Um, I'm not going to judge. But, he does have a broken jaw. Yeah, <laughs> looks cool with that with the weird the jaw protector mask? visor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, the the Bruins defense looked extremely mobile last night, which they did not uh, in their uh, two games against Colorado. Yeah, and Colorado was almost like they were stuck in the mud almost. Yeah, which is interesting because we have three and a half pretty darn mobile. Defenseman. I say a half. Mm. Kevin Miller, his foot speed's a little Jekyll and Hyde, but I think he's a lot more mobile than he ever gets credit for. Mm. Um, okay, McQuaid and Chara are not, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's not Chara's fault. You know, unidirectional flow of time and all that. But yeah, <laughs> you know, Chara's still good though. No, oh, I'm. You yeah. can't treat. You can't teach that wingspan, and you know. The man is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, so. And despite what some of 
Bruins Twitter may think um, Chara can still get it done, and he's still good, still making plays. Yeah, I don't really understand why this 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 notion of Chara's old and slow is like yeah, it's because he had a couple years where he had to do literally everything. <laughs> like, because was, who the yes. fuck else was going to do anything in fourteen, fifteen, and fifteen, sixteen? Yeah. Um, D- Dennis Weidman. No, no, no. You're off by yeah. a decade. Oh, I know. I am. Zeidenberg. Oh, yes. Zeidenberg. Uh... Dougie was on the team for one of those years, and he did look really good that last year in Boston. Credit to him. Actually, actually, big. Hell, let's actually we can still go back a decade here. What? Who else on that team back when Chara first came to the Bruins was worth a damn on on the blue line? That first, the first first season with the Bruins. Who who was on the blue line then? Um, first season with the Bruins. I mean, that was okay, uh, Slager left just before he started. Not that Slager counts yeah, for anything. Uh, the same with Leach. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah. Um. um <clears throat> Ference was it came in Ex- later because Ferent came in on the trade that sent uh, came in the same trade as same trade that sent out Stewart and Primo to oh, Calgary. Yeah. No, so Brad Stewart would have been on the defense then. <laughs> okay, Chara and Brad Stewart, yay! And I think maybe we had, I, mean, I think Mara maybe made an appearance and. Hang on, I can actually bring this up. So we're talking yeah. oh, 06, 07. Yeah. Here we go. Those Bruins were bad. Yes. Um, okay. And they he, still had their old, old, ugly 90s jerseys. Okay. Oh, I don't mind the Fleet Center jerseys. So Paul Mara was the second highest scoring defenseman after Chara. With 18 yep. points and in 59 games played, with a minus 20. Dear God, minus 22. Um, so yes, Chara's been busy for the past I don't know 20 years. Yeah, but think about this too. Even Patrice was minus 28 at that that year. Like that's how bad they were. And so yeah, so that year when we got we had um, Chara, Mara, Stewart. I, there's names here I don't even know. I've never heard of these people before. Andrew Alberts, oh my god. Oh, hey, we should thank Andrew Alberts. He actually was on the 2011 Vancouver Canucks. Well, after, um, let's see, after a certain play, after Keith Ballard proved himself useless and um, uh, what's-his-face got himself suspended for being an asswagon. Um, hey, we still need to thank Andrew Alberts. We do. Andrew Alberts, let's see. Peter Tengrat played 64 games that season? So, um, yes. I don't know. We I think we only had like two defensemen that played over sixty games. <laughs> yeah. So my point is, something yes, called Jason York. Um, oh wow! I forgot about. He actually kind of looks like uh, Mr. Mr. Beans. Jason York does off topic. Oh, but, good God, Milan Yersina. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a bad Aaron team. Ward played. Aaron Ward played in 20 games. Oh, Aaron Ward, yes. Oh, 20 games of Weidman, too. Um, Three points in 20 games for Weidman. That's actually, like, even by Weidman standards, a really terrible season. <laughs> no. It, time and teammates really have not been 
on uh, Chara's side most of the time. Yeah, he just had that that run there where we had good people around him. Even like you know, or or that 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 strong season, the what's it, the oh eight oh nine season. The rest of the decor was shit. Yes, because it was before <laughs> Boychuk became a regular. It was you know. The team had 35 wins, and Tim Thomas had 30 of them. <laughs> oh. Oof. Um, Hyman Joey McDonald, Brian Finley, and Philip Suave all played in net at some point during the year. I believe that's Salve, but uh, yeah, I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Ta- Toy Bonin, yeah. Because he, he, he brought us some... Uh, Soderberg. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and Chara's what, what, only playing on like half a... You know, uh, only playing on one and a half knees, so... And when you're that leggy, knees are kind of, a, you know, important. Yeah. But I think so, the big thing to look at here... Oh, now I'm looking at this like last night, how relatively even the minutes were, at least yeah. among the top four. Now, Krug and McQuaid paid, played quite a few bit less than others. McQuaid can't, can't or shouldn't, and Krug is, uh, you know, still recovering, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, well, for starters, Chara um, played the least of our t- the least minutes of our top four at 20 minutes and 18 seconds. McAvoy played the most at 20 minutes, 51 seconds. Wow! Um, Kevin Miller at 20.36 and Carlo at 20.31. That's incredible. So those four are all super, super close. Basically, we... That's incredible. I, don't, I wouldn't argue we have uh, even really have a top pair right now. We have two 1B pairs, mm. I would yeah. say. That's great. And <laughs> and that's good because that was one of the faults for the last couple of years of Claude was maybe because of personnel, but he was leaning way too hard on his top pairing. Personnel is a big part of it. Yeah. But... Oh, I, I, I'm worried about McQuaid. Is he like, has he taken too many hits to the head? Cause he, he, maybe he's just the whipping boy four games into the season and he probably isn't as bad as he appears. Oh, but that, that second, um, freaking Colorado game, he had a nightmarishly bad game. Yes. And we still have McQuaid's memory of shooting it over the glass in the playoffs, kind of in the, the back of our mind. Um, but he's still one mean hombre. Well, yeah, here's the thing with McQuaid, too. There's no other defenseman that can be the GOAT here. Yeah, Because true. people suddenly have, people have realized, oh, shit, Kevin Miller's actually, like, decent. He's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though I think face punches and fighting is sometimes, like, why do you have a spot like that? Can we at least give some props to McQuaid for just beating the crap out of Zadorov? That was a good old Donnybrook. That was a savage fight. From I heard, I saw some clips. I didn't see the game. It's like holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, Whenever, that, was, that was classic McQuaid reaching down someone's throat, ripping out their spine through it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the fight video on HockeyFights.com is a minute and thirty nine seconds. Now, granted, some of that's before and the after and replays, but normally they're only like forty seconds long. So I was gonna say, the linesman just let that go. Were they scared? <laughs> yeah, go figure. The the six four guy and the six five guy. Yeah, punching each other in the face. We'll let them go. We'll <laughs> Lyman's like, we'll, 
fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I gotta admit, that, that was probably the highlight of the game for me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fair. Yes. Um, so, it's, it's interesting. Now, okay, so we sort of alluded to this. So, it's okay, a couple bad games. Last night was, uh, granted we're playing the Coyotes, who are even worse than anyone thought they should be. Yeah, they're because bad. frankly, the Coyotes should have a good defense right now. And they don't. <laughs> like, that top have... four should be, you know, up, should go up against almost any other, anyone else, other team's top four, with the exception of Preds and Calgary, really. It's not a you, not a stellar top four, but but, but OEL, Yalmerson, uh, Demers, and Goligoski is a very good top four. Yeah. And their goaltending should be good. Well, I mean, last night they played Domingue, not um, uh, Ranta, and that, that's, uh, that's that, true. That went to how you'd expect that. With a save, they had a save percentage of point seven nine three. I didn't realize it was that bad. They gave it well, you know, he gave six goals on twenty nine shots. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> But still, even Ranta hasn't really been... Well, I mean, they're taking a fucking risk making Ranta a starter, right? It's always the case when you buy out some, when you pick up someone's um, uh, um, good track record backup, right? Um, think of it like, say, oh, Bernier when he went to, when he went to Toronto. Um, sometimes, that, sometimes that gamble works out beautifully, right? You know, you, can, you, got, you, you, got, you got your Cam Talbots of the world. Um, or Jones. Jones is having a bad start to the season right now. Trust me, because my cash keep my my cash fantasy league. I have <laughs> I have Jones and Price, which should be a good goaltending tandem. It's not Whoops. <laughs> normally good. <laughs> um, Eddie Lack is a an example of things going bad. Yes, um, and uh, we'll see how things work. The jury's still out, of course, with Darling, much like it is technically with Ranta. Yeah. I mean Dobby when he first left. It's true. Well, that's because he, you know, how hard can it possibly be apart from stubbornness? Apart from the stubbornness of, of the Canes management to take the starter position away from Ward. Also, because Dobby's time there was also when, during one of Ward's really bad injury runs. <laughs> I believe you can confirm or deny this, South Carolina, Carolina, in there. <laughs> um. No. Yeah. The. Well. Yeah. It was very, very bad that year for for Ward, and even worse for. Uh, Dobby. Dobby's first season, was was, first season there was a stellar number, so like better than his one season in Boston. But um, I'm thinking of year two, where he yeah went, after they'd given him the extension, um, things went poorly. That's what I'm thinking of. That's when I went to like probably 20 Carolina Hurricane games, and then he was traded for 45 seconds of James Wisniewski. <laughs> I remember. I got. I know this. This we're, we're living up to our name barely on topic here. I feel bad for the Hurricanes, and I feel bad for the uh, James Wisniewski when that happened. You, you just you just gotta. Everything leading but, up to that was weird. James Wisniewski was still playing well for Columbus, yeah. and he got traded for underwhelming return for a team that never traded him, never played him, and then traded him for a goalie that they waived. Yeah, um, and then his knee fell apart. Forty-five yes. seconds to do his third team in a year. <laughs> yeah, um, and I don't think he played again. No, he did not. He was off for the season, and they bought him out. Yeah. So, there you go, listeners. I feel bad for James Winiski. Uh, He's a bit of a dick. He has a long history of being an awful person, but... 
Um, dirty hits. But dirty hits. The whole blowjob gesture thing that got on a suspension when he was an island when he was an islander. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's lo- that's almost ancient history at this point. But <laughs> um, but he's uh, decent enough guy to follow on Twitter. So go figure. Oh, okay. I haven't uh, I've done that. <laughs> he he uh, regularly just throws out hot takes. Yeah. Nice. So, um, silver linings for the Bruins of late. So, where were we? Uh, we were talking a bit about, um, uh, well, we, we were talking about the, the, the um, uh, game against the Coyotes and the goaltending situation there. So, I guess circling back to the actual game. Yes. The Bruins scored six goals. That's a lot. Quota. That's quota. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Do- Dobby actually looks pretty good. Yeah, he looks had a solid. 9.36 uh, save percentage last night, I believe. Yeah, he he had he had a good night in that and yep, twenty nine saves on thirty one shots. It's nice to see the backup playing well early in the season this year, as opposed to last. <laughs> and again, that's definitely a that's definitely a Cassidy thing. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, and you know, I think the big story of the game besides forty year old Chara would be um, the the youths there. <laughs> yeah, the youngins are the youngins are holding their own. Uh, I think Heinen had two points. DeBrusque had two points. York had his uh, first goal. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Carlo had an assist. Curly had uh, Curly had an assist. Schaller had his second goal of the season. It was uh, Pasternak and Marshall both scored goals as they do, which is good. Yeah. So on the whole, that's a. And that last goal, that power play goal at the near the at the end of the third, that was Bjork from Heinen and DeBrusque. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So mm-hmm. the point is that's three rookies on one power play unit. Scoring goals. I mean, I know uh, you don't want to put. Well, we're four games in the season here, so let's not read into anything too much. But it's okay. We had two bad games, and then we play a crappy team, and we blow them out. I think that's a sign of a, a minor turnaround towards good. I think so. It's it's a. I mean, it, it is again a young team. I'm just checking how many games Zarnik played last year to see if he still counts as rookie or not. Hang on, uh, no, 49. No, he does not. He played Zarnik played 49 games last season. That seems high. Oh wow! Yeah, he was just kind of there. Um, but anyway, okay, so. But point last night, this team played, you know, rolled, um, uh, I think, five rookies. And um, like, yeah, yeah, Bjork, Heinen, DeBrusque, McAvoy, Crowley. Yeah, five rookies last night. And I mean, that's, like, that's fewer than, than than Arizona did, but there's a reason we won versus them. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tim. <laughs> yeah, no, and I was just going to say, it's easy when a young team loses a couple games in a row pretty badly for them to kind of just like continue that and just kind of get down on themselves and they just can kind of snowball into a larger losing streak and it's nice to see that they just stopped it in its tracks there against a team they should beat. I mean, let's be real. I mean, but we just lost two games against a team they should beat as well. Yeah, but then Colorado then went out and destroyed Anaheim. So maybe they're Better yeah, than we think they are. Their, you know, I'm missing an entire top pairing of defensemen, though, too. 
Um, okay. Lintel, Lintel and, and Vatanen are still out. Now, again, I'm not particularly high on Vatanen, unlike a lot of other people, but Lindholm is, you know, the real fucking deal. Um. Um, yeah, and then then uh, Colorado loses to Dallas 3-1. to So, um, so go, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on anymore. Their only goal in this league, league in general has been funny. But again, it's more, we're only, you know, we're not quite two weeks into the season yet, though. It's going to all normalize out. Uh, you know, Vegas and New Jersey are not this good. There's a lot of teams that have been bad that aren't this bad. Sadly, probably even the Habs, although I am rather enjoying how shitty they've been. Was up. Their underlying numbers are extraordinary. They're just, like, getting no fucking results. Weird. A Cloak Julien team taking all of the shots but having low shooting percentages. Strange. Wait Who a second. Predicted that. So, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, someone's outside my door. Sorry. Um, <laughs> maybe it's Claude Julian wants to say something. <laughs> and Claude's like, "What the fuck, guys? You're making fun of me." He's like, "Claude, we love you, but you know, now that you're not with us, we can call out your flaws with and have fun doing it." <laughs> like that goatee never looked good. It did not. I'm pretty sure that that, that, that was handed down to him from from Chiarelli, who keeps sporting facial hair and does not work for him. <laughs> Chiarelli did some weird stuff with his beard and goatee. Like I think at one point he just had a neck beard. I'm like, what? What are you doing? I mean, now like, he has Todd McClellan working for him, who also has an awful beard. Um, <laughs> is there any good? Uh, there's got. Well, there's Pinnacle's uh, mustache, which is extraordinary. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good coach. That's a good facial hair for a coach. I mean, of course, there's good player beards. That's that's a given. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd say um, Quinnville's mustache really take, really runs away with it. I'm trying to think who else has got the. Um, Rick Touchett used to have a a mustache. He, he I, I thought he did. No, he didn't. Torch looks has a decent beard. You no, know what Torch does. Torch, Torch rocks does. that beard and it works well for him. Yeah. And he's got the uh, the touch of gray in there, so he looks distinguished. He's, he's he rocks it good. Dave oh. Tippett. Dave Tippett used to have a mustache. Oh, okay. First uh, Tippett. I mean, uh, I feel kind of bad. Tippett's out of work. Tippett is a decent coach. He'll, I'm assuming when someone gets fired, he'll be the hire. Oh yeah. Um. Or, or you know, he, he if he brings back that mustache, he'll be hired. The way things are going, my guess is it's going to be DeBoer um, is the first coach to go. Yeah. Some team will be able to tip it in. Oh, hey. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, a lot of rookies last night, a lot of points. Um, it's a dynamic team. It's going to be a come and go. And, like, a lot of teams um, – and a lot of sorry, a lot of prognosticators had us missing the playoffs. But you know what? A lot of them were positive. It said that in a positive way. I think Greg Wyshynski's was one of the more clear in that point. I think down goes Brown as well. Yeah, and they basically I mean, said I, like this team has a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of good things coming. They just think this year is not going to be a good year for us. I don't agree with that necessarily, but the underlying sentiment's a good one. I think our division is. Um, I mean, a combination of weak and volatile. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, that is you know, if in our division, if you're good enough, and just 
kind of just let maybe uh, Tampa and Toronto just let's let them get ahead of you in the standings. It's going to happen, Oops. and you kind of you can kind of beat up on everyone else. Well, let's just say Detroit and Ottawa are playing well so far. That is not going to last. No, God, no. Because Guy Boucher is a one-season coach. Guy Boucher, you mean? Yes. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Detroit, this is that's a paper tiger right now. Like Detroit, some Detroit is, is a team that cannot possibly keep up what they're doing. And again, they've just had a very soft schedule. Yes, Detroit's four one and zero, but their schedule has been like a couple of teams that are under, under have had bad starts and a bunch of bad teams. Um, we're currently well. We're actually tied in terms of win in terms of our record with Florida. They just beat us out on their goal on their um their um goal differential. But Florida's again. I don't see how that team holds it up after shedding that many of their top scorers from last year. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that this team is still going to make the playoffs. But at the same time. I think they're a couple, maybe a season or a couple seasons away um, from actually being legitimate contenders for the I top. hope it's not a couple seasons because, um, you know, okay, I don't want to dignify that awful article from last week of um, uh, of, um, uh, of Hags's. Oh, well, it's, yeah. Well, but at the same time, it's like, yes, um, the fact of the matter is, is you know, um, the guys, the guys that are clearly important for keeping this team together are not young. Patrice Bergeron is thirty-two, and he, but he's never allowed to retire. As if anything, these four games have shown us he's never. Well, allowed see, that, that's just it. But my point is, is like he's not. You know, he'll come back and that'll be good. But I mean, you know, and I have a, a suspicion that Bergie's scoring last year is probably more representative of what his scoring going forward is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not completely. It'll be better than last year, just because he, you know, he did play all season with that with the sports journey, which is fucking insane. Um, but oh, um, but I, I think that's. Uh, I think we're going to see more of that and less over sixty point seasons going forward. Which is okay when you have, uh, you know, other guys scoring. Exactly. Right now, we seem to be on the track for that. Again, a lot yeah. of rookies. This is going to be a volatile season. It's going to be fun. It's going to be up and down for sure, um, but it's like you said, it's going to be fun, and I think there's going to be like, I think there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games this year. I think so. I, uh, we have the risk of giving up a lot of shots and a lot of goals, but also the ability to score lots. Um, and I think that's just in general, it's not just the youth. I think that's going to be a common symptom of Cassidy's system. Um. Speaking of Cassidy's system, I know we've only seen three games of Tuca, but he's looked not great to me. But also, it looks like to me he's been told to play the puck a lot more. Which, if that's the case, I hopefully he reels it in because Tuca can't play the puck very well. <laughs> you know, here's the thing too, though, is um, Tuca's a bad October goaltender. Always has been. True, I... I had a soapbox episode about that. <laughs> and guess what? It's October 15th. Um, yes. <laughs> maybe actually, maybe you should just, just start a season in November. Just go back up to the well, entire month of October. You know, I mean, November, December tend to be some of his best months. Yeah. Like, consistently, November, December, Tuca goes fucking, you know, full-on Tuca mania. <laughs> Hide your milk crates. <laughs> no, milk crates is bad season. 
Good Duke is just, you know, the flying, oh, the flying fucking Finnish king. The sparkly okay, badass okay. motherfucker. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Still. Hide your milk crates. This guy's insane. Yeah. So, but, I don't know. I, I just noticed that, that he, he's been, uh, some, something or someone is urging him to just play the puck more. Which just could be part of the new system. Could be maybe Tuka. It's like, hey, I worked on this over the summer. Let me try it out. Um, Either but, way, it needs to stop. Yeah, or reeled in a bit, refined. But again, he's only played three games. I he, I still got my Tuka Rask jersey. He's still my boy. I'll still love him. Yeah, I said he's he's he should have been better. The teams at times played like hot garbage in front of him. And I saw him that, always reticent to blame a goalie. For, blame a goalie when that happens. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I think he's blameless either. He can be a rascal at times, but we show that in. Oh, no, Tim. <laughs> that one's good. I like that one. I don't know um, if it was um, the right pun for the moment, but it was a good pun. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. As, as long as we don't have to face... Uh, uh, Yakupov anymore. I think. Razzle no, we're good for fine. that. We're good for that until they they tank and until they they they, they careen and into into the ditch and have to tra- and trade him. You know, as um that okay. our two games for the season against the Avs. Good. Then I think the Bruins season will go on just fine. You know the Avs just. You know, actually, you know the Avs have had the Bruins number for so fucking long, particularly at home. You know what this yeah. simply is. This is um. Sure, the um, uh, the the, the socks broke the curse of the Bambino in you know four. This is the the the, the you know the the, um, uh, the curse of of Ray. <laughs> yes, it's been eighty six years since we've defeated the Avalanche at home. The curse of the Borkino. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it, it's a reasonable theory. This is Boston sports, so it's the sort of thing people will take seriously. They did retire his number first. I know. That still bothers me. Oh, we played, we, we played us, what, barely over two, barely over a season with them? Yeah. yeah like, that's why I'm a total on board with fuck the Avalanche, because that's just fuck. And another reason why I don't like the Avalanche, because you see a lot of times that, uh, that Bork jersey that has like half Bruins, half Avalanche, and you should not do that to any jersey. Pick no. one. Also, their jerseys are still absolute fucking shit. Like yeah, even with the uh, redesign, they like guys, you still have fucking piping. Yes. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> Why didn't Calgary go old school for all their jerseys? They still okay. That's my biggest complaint about. Well, uh, that and um, jersey fashion. And, and, and Nashville somehow made theirs worse, and they were already bad. Man, I just want the Calgary Fire horse back. Wow. I think no one wants that horse back, but that's fun. You know, that falls into the category of the Peyote Coyote. It's actually, it's a fun logo. It is. It's it a is. fun logo. It needs a better platform, perhaps. <laughs> that should that be would, an AHL jersey. That would be an awesome minor league jersey somewhere. Well, that's the thing with the Avalanche's logo, too. It's a great minor league logo. It's not a good NHL-level logo. Yeah. Uh, Complicated yeah. logos don't work at the top level, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that's and why I'm really happy with what the Knights went with for theirs. I don't love their primary. Their secondary logo is awesome. The Vegas Star. 
Yeah, the Vegas stars. The Vegas stars. <laughs> I do like their primary logo, though. I just like the simple. But I don't helmet. really understand why they went for this Greek hoplite helmet rather than an actual, you know, knight helmet. Knight. Knight. <laughs> True. They got, a, the, they got a helmet that looks like they should be a team called the Spartans. Um, what, and what is it? The Ottawa Senators actually don't really have a senator. It's, no, they have a centurion. Yeah. The Ottawa That's Senators. because a picture of a senator would be really boring. It would be a, an old white guy in a suit. I think that I, – I think we're a progressive time. I think we need a white guy in a suit on a jersey. <laughs> um, <laughs> an old white guy in a somber navy blue suit. <laughs> It's time, guys. It's Maybe time. Maybe in this case, of course, because it's Ottawa, not not Washington. Yes. But, you know. Yes. 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 Um. <laughs> wow. Uh, that I probably should edit that entire sequence out. <laughs> and I'm not going to. Yeah, why? Because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And also, you did when you say I should edit that out. You that's when you can't edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. That's good fun. <laughs> okay, so we talked uh, kind of about yesterday's game. I guess we'll call it that and say we did that. Um, a bit about the youths and the weirdness. and Maybe we can go into a bit more detail about how important Bergeron is to this team. And it's just because it's we've sort of dabbled around the edges of that too, but it's really been visible just because the... our lines don't work. We don't have a fallback position. <laughs> yes. I, I, it brings, uh, to at least my attention, yes, the Bruins youth movement, we're, we're deep on the wing, we're deep um, on the blue line. We have no one in the, at the center position. Well, Our that's talent in the center is depleted, gone, non-existent. When, well, that's it. When, 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 when you have basically, when your center group is a, it's a two-way centerman in Bergie, mm -hmm. uh, a offensive centerman with some, with some defensive prowess, and, with some defensive prowess in Critchie, a purely offensive centerman in Spooner, and then a purely defensive in, in Nash. You lose that two-way guy, you're in a serious fucking pickle. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, too, though. Um, I, the thing, the thing I think that we missed about Bergeron's game the most is his defensive ability. That's oh, what I think. Absolutely, anyway. and that's why I think this is sort of showing this team needs um, JFK to be prime time ready sooner rather than later. Yes. Um, like I again, I I am an unabashed Ryan Spooner fan, but we need someone that can do. We need a jackknife in that third line center part. And you know what? The projection is that that's going to be JFK, and we have other guys in the system that are supposed to be that too. Trent Frederick specifically. I was going to say yeah, Frederick was another guy that. So. Now, longer term, I don't think either of them is ready. Is go is to seem likely to be the guy that's got the guys that are going to be your one and two centermen. Some point in the near future, the Bruins need to start pursuing something that'll be one of yeah. that'll be that. They feel like they feel like they feel like a pair of middle sixes to me. Granted, you know they're fucking young. Yeah. So I know they're young, but I think they. I think that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they have both look like they'll be great middle sixes. See, I still think they'll end up being two and three. So I, said, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to that defense, um, we have some Bergeron. I know we're only four games in the season, 
Um, but the Bruins currently are ranked 27th on the penalty kill. That's not good. It's yeah. no, how good our penalty kill was last year. Yeah, but again, four games in, so like you, you what? That's only a handful of EKs. But like, yeah, we, and we're missing two, three guys that are three forwards that would be eating big penalty kill minutes. Right, one and one assumes Chari would be getting a lot of PK minutes as well, and Bacchus, yeah, and to a lesser degree, Bacchus. Um, and you know, I mean, Krejci, I still think is underrated defensively, but he's still not able to fill those shoes. And I mean, who is though? He's a selkie guy every year. Well, that's just it. I mean, Bergeron's gonna, you know, you're gonna go down as an all-time defensive forward, probably the time, which is great because you know Bob Gainey's pretty overrated, so it'd be nice to un- to, 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 to displace <laughs> him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even though we should have already displaced him by now, but well, um, here's the thing about though you know Bob Gainey, of course, was a 1970s hab. Oh, much well. like an 80s, much like an 80s Islander or Oiler, it's hard not to be badly overrated for those players. <laughs> or like anyone that's ever played for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Well, I mean, like but those those are guy anyone that was on those dy- those trio of dynasty teams, um, are pretty likely to be badly overrated in memory because they were part of these teams that are just like, you got to know that all the that guys, that history is going to be way too kind to guys like Keith Seabrook because he was on all those fucking Hawks teams. Uh, hopefully 10, 20 years into the future, we'll look back and say, oh, how did Chara only win one Norris and wow, Bergeron was so much better than Taves. I think I hope so. Um, the good news is Taves only has that one selkie, and he didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. No, just like mm-hmm. Kopitar, who's supposed to be the other premier defensive forward, only has the one, and again, didn't deserve didn't it. Didn't deserve it. No, like both those seasons, Bergeron was the best defensive forward, and it was not close. Now, Char is easy to explain. His prime Lindstrom. overlapped entirely with Lindstrom. Yeah. Just like Lindstrom got his awards fairly late in his career because he overlapped with Bork. His first half of his career overlapped with Bork and Leach. Leach, yeah. <laughs> um, and how, if you want to keep on keep this train rolling, how Brad Park back in the '70s really didn't win any Norris trophies because of some guy called Bobby Orr. And then got run over roughshod by guys like Bork as well, but by Bork and yeah. Coffee as well. Yeah, <laughs> <At the end. laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, Brad Park yeah. might be the most unfortunate defenseman all time in that regard. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, actually, you're right. Um, uh, hey, made the Hall of Fame, though. Yes, he did. It's because the Hall of Fame committee is actually pretty good. Except when it comes to picking goalies. Yeah. Well. Hmm. So okay. they're, finally making, they're finally making their fuck-ups right this year, right? You know? Yeah. Like several of their fuck ups, right, in one shot. So, <laughs> no, it's good. They're uh, you know finally make, finally doing right by Dave and Andre Chuck and Korea are, are two big things. <laughs> Main Black Bear, great Paul yep. Korea. <laughs> there you go. National champion Paul Korea. Didn't he have some like ridiculous college stats? Yeah, I yeah. remember during Eichel's. One season in the NCAA, people were trying to compare the two, and it's just like, well, bottom line is Eichel is the best since Korea. 
no one will ever beat Korea's numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Korea was insane. Um, being a hockey fan in the South, I'm just not exposed to college hockey at all. So, uh, What, you're not going to follow University of Alabama Huntsville? <laughs> yeah, it's, isn't that so weird to me? <laughs> it, it, it stinks here, though, because in Maine in the 90s was wicked. Like, they were it. In All I remember in the nineties, UNH was deep. It was not awful. It was fine then as well. Neither have been very good in a very long time. Apparently, yeah. Maine. There's reasons for that. They um uh, slashed their recruiting budget. Yes, they did. And then, so without active recruiting, it becomes very hard for a team in fucking Orono to lure in good players. Yep. <laughs> Bump up nowhere. Yep. <laughs> and there's that, and it's it's too bad because I mean it's a lot of fun. I think they made. The Frozen Four, man, in 2006 or seven, maybe, and that's the last time that they actually made it to the actual Frozen Four. It was, it's been a while. Here's the thing is, if they would just throw some money at recruiting, you think they could pull it off. You know, you got teams in Upper Peninsula, Michigan, like Michigan Tech doing decent recruiting. Minnesota fucking Duluth. No yeah, doubt. Like, Orono should actually be easier to lure people in than those clubs. <laughs> yeah, you would think. I mean... Because who the fuck wants to move to Fargo? <laughs> yeah. No one. Lovely movie. Beautiful town. Fantastic show. <laughs> but it suffers from a rather acute case of North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's their mascot now? <sighs> what are they... They're the Fighting Hawks, which is awkward as fuck name. Sort of like, oh gosh, Golden Knights. Um, or, you know, like, I don't know, yeah, they could have done some something much better. I still miss their old stuff. They were the Fighting Sioux, damn it. Like, I get why they had to can it, but it's unfortunate. It's funny, too, because... Meanwhile, there's still the Redskins and the Indians, both of which are actually explicitly racist as opposed to somewhat racist names. Um. <laughs> it's true. I do remember, though, too, um, that old logo that they used to have um, when they were the uh, Fighting Sioux. There's a guy... When I worked for the Manchester Wolves um, for the arena football team, there was a guy on the team that went to the University of North Dakota, and he had that tattooed on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Vegas Golden Knights have placed Mark Andre Fleury on, on IR. It's it, it's, oh. it's going to be Malcolm tonight. Oh God! Oh this team God! Has to, please win this game! Please win this game! Please win this game! Oh good God! No, I yeah. If the Bruins lose the game, we'll never hear the end of it. There goes Vegas' season. Damn it! Also, Jonathan Marcheseau, which is probably a bad thing for them too. But Fleury injured? Never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Weird, um, right? Jonathan Marshall, I don't know how to pronounce his name, was also placed on IR for them. Uh, what the hell was that? Yeah, it was my uh, <laughs> Well, we'll have VA as our in-game correspondent, and she will... I, 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 I believe... Um, uh, um, but uh, barely on topic, alumnus uh, Kate is also at that game. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling they'll make sure that Sue, 
I don't know how, but they'll make sure that Subban does poorly. For the sake of hockey Twitter. Oh, like this team has to shell him back into the fucking Stone Age. There, it's yeah. I, 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 we'll never hear the end of it if if if, if the Knights win this. I have yeah. to say it once, Vegas, baby. No, no, Tim, no. I have to say it once. No, um, see, see, Tim, Tim, look, you know what? I'd be fine with Vegas winning this game in any other scenario, but with with Subban on the on, with Subban and Net, it cannot happen. What's going to be uh, like? A, Nine seven final tonight. <laughs> you know what? I would be okay with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we let up seven goals, but we scored nine on yeah, our. Yeah, that'd be fucking big deal. That'd be like you know that time that they murdered that they completely homicided the flames back in twenty back in late twenty eleven. <laughs> Quiet. <man. laughs> Someone on the bus. Hey, I wish you luck, uh, Subban, but not, not tonight. tonight. Not tonight not at all. Tonight. I, I hope you absolutely fail tonight like he did all the, the, those few times we let you start. He may, and if he gets shelled, they may have to keep him in because who's... They don't have, I don't think they have enough time to call someone up from uh, Chicago. Well, they did. They recalled Legacy. Did they? Uh, I, the first thing I saw said there was no word on recall yet. Oh, I just saw it on the score. Okay, people on Twitter haven't mentioned there being any recall yet. In fact, the one I saw specifically said there hadn't been. But yeah, um, they they called up Maxime uh, Legacy. I think it is. Yep, Maxime Legacy, and also they called up another guy who was who's not a goalie, Alex. Touch or touch. Alex uh, Took was a former BC player. Um, they got him. In trade from the wild in the events of the draft, events of the expansion draft to ensure that they wouldn't take any of their defensemen, if I recall. Yeah, and he's one of the they, guys people were constantly criticizing for, for them having down in the in the in the AHL, just on account of all the crap players they did take and are stuck with. Granted, uh, well, granted, Sapatchov and Shea Theodore were the real were the real criticism points, but. Wow. Yeah, we're going to see Versine Subban tonight. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. first of concussion. Ooh. Please, please just, like, yeah, absolutely destroy him, Bruins. Um, we can't have it any other way because it'll just be awful. Because all the idiots that thought it was a big deal that we lost, I mean, that we lost Malcolm on waivers are going to suddenly be, you know, I'm not going to say be right, think they're right. Ah, have, I see and, what you... And have evidence to back up their theory. <laughs> I see what you did there. You th we, we're, we won't give them any credit. Well, no, because I don't think... Because one game won't fucking prove that. Oh. Well. Good lord. Anyway, I guess um, unless we've got uh, some other topics we want to bounce around, I think we can uh, I think we're, yeah. move on to some... Uh, some you know some of our regular features. Yes. Um. So. Uh, can I can I set you up with this one? Please do. <laughs> so. Uh, tell us, tell us, Jeff. What uh, what games do we have coming up? Well, it's not a not a heavy week, but uh, should be an interesting one. Of course, uh, last week uh, my. Uh, 
my inner Elvis impersonator, uh, brought it, introduced the game tonight for us uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm not so sure any of you need to hear that again, but, uh, you know, go back and listen to season three, episode 302 if you want to, if you, if you want to hear it. Then on Thursday, it's October 19th, we have a home game. We are hosting the Vancouver Canucks. Well, folks, it's time to get your sexy twin on and completely own them, and completely own those Swedes. <laughs> and then Saturday, hosting Buffalo at home. That's right, hometown boy Jack Eichel. Mama, he's coming home. <laughs> 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 that's it actually it's a pretty light week followed by an even Ow. lighter week the rest of this month only we only have six more six games left this month counting today we're going, have to, more have, hockey we're going to have a, we're going to have a shitty month later this year and this is why Tim you are you are muted right now damn you NHL schedule makers <laughs> But yeah, yeah um, tonight, three days off, two games in three days, four days off, and then three games in four days, in five days, after. yeah. Yeah, I think our schedule very much mirrors the Carolina Hurricanes. I see. Because they're like in the same boat as us. And actually, overall, the rest of the, this month, we have a, a decent slot of weak teams to play against. Vancouver and Buffalo are both bad. Uh, Vegas is a been playing well, but a vulnerable team. The Sharks have had a bad start. Um, the Kings, I think, are, you know, they're our brother from a different mother, so those are always interesting games, no matter, in, in any case. And then, you know, who the fuck knows what Columbus actually is at this point. I don't know. I've given up. <laughs> yeah. Interesting remaining rest of the month. So, um, in that note, uh, what do you uh, got for... Um, uh, for bare necessities this week, Tim, you're always interesting, so we'll close with you. But so, Nick, you first. Well, I'm in the unique situation for the remainder of the month. All my shifts at work are opening shifts, which means I work from six to two thirty. So it's like, all right, will I be watching many Bruins games? Probably in bed, which probably means I don't want to be drinking red wine. It's going to stain the sheets. It is. Um, you get it in and I don't want to be drinking. Yeah, I, I, I might do that. Or practical. And I don't want to drink coffee yeah. with... <laughs> that lady Ooh, Camelback. I like camels. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> a Camelback uh, old so wine in bed. That'd be, be a new level of class. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Give me time. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Um, but until I get the camel bag full of wine... Um, I think I'm just going to be sticking to, uh, to, like, sparkling water. I might, you know, uh, bust out some PBR for one of these games because I can't find Narragansett in Raleigh, which drives me crazy. Yeah. So I'll be drinking PBR and water, which ain't much of a difference, but I like them both. So it's cool. PBR is fine, you know. So uh, I've still got um, probably about two-thirds of a bottle of the old Valentine's, the old hacky sketch. Um, and I got, you know, some beers and stuff. I got two-thirds of a growler in there somewhere of a Patty's Brewing uh, Raven Ale. Pretty nice. Uh, not quite stout, not a porter either, though, but a dark ale. 
and then a, a few bottles of a darkest kedgy black IPA from Boxing Rock uh, Brewing. So I got options. Hell yeah. Yeah. So today will probably be the beers. Later in the week will be more likely to be the scotch. Um, so, Solid. Tim, what are your beer necessities this week? So um, the the tall boys of Twisted Tea are still on sale down at the local gas station. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, with them being like two for a lot less than they should be, I have gone ahead and um, purchased a variety of them. I have mango, I have raspberry, I have frosted cherry, I have blueberry, I have half and half, and I have just regular. So I basically just went with every single one that they had um, and got a couple of each. Now, I also was able to find some of my uh, favorite uh, fall beers, the Jacko Traveler from the Traveler Beer Company. So I do have some of that as well. Very nice. Now, question. Why are they calling it half and half and not just committing and calling it an Arnold Palmer? Could they not get the licensing, I'm guessing? <laughs> because they, there is actually – Arnold Palmer makes alcoholic versions of them, their own drink. Oh, Okay. I've bought it. I've got it a few I times. I didn't know Arnold Palmer was a brand. I thought it was just what the drink was called. No, it's actually it's an actual brand, and um, they actually produce their own alcoholic version of their drink. Um, I've had it a few times. They used to sell it at the local gas station in like it was like a thirty-six ounce jug. So they sell it in like um, uh, Arizona iced tea volumes, then. <laughs> yeah, it, and it was like. Three bucks for the jug or something like that. Cheaper than Arizona iced tea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they it's it's not as good as the uh, twisted tea half and half. For shame. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I mean it's their namesake, but yeah. Bummer. Okay, well, um, I think that's our show. Um, for all the listeners, of course, you can uh, all listen to Barely on Topic on uh, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, um, iTunes, and um, uh, Google Play, wherever your favorite podcasts are played. Amen. Yeah, you can um, uh, message us, talk to us, please talk to us on uh, Twitter at Barely on Topic or on Facebook. That's uh, Barely on Topic podcast. Or of course, you know, you can harass us each on our on our private Twitters if you can find us. Most seem to be able to if they choose to. So. Uh, yeah, mine's um, real hard to figure out. It's my name. Yeah, um, mine's pretty difficult. Well, Yours you're is locked. difficult. Tim. You're also locked, Tim. <laughs> um. So, uh, without further ado, Tim, play us out. Word.